Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how much you got to move beyond yourself when you're dealing with someone who's ailing or sick in your life, when you're a caregiver. Um, or when you're dealing with someone who's going through a trial, maybe. I, I think... I don't feel like I'm a selfish person, but I feel like there's selfishness in me, and I, it shows up sometimes, even if it's in my thoughts. Because humans naturally, I think since the fall, since they fell, the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, I think we've been about ourselves. So <laughs> it's easy to develop that and practice that and just be a selfish person, but we've got to learn to move beyond ourselves and tonight, the title of the message is Moving On. Moving On. This goes along the same lines. Um, I think it's Saturday, June 2nd. It's going to be a Saturday. Um, not this Saturday, but the following. I want us as a church, those who want to volunteer, you don't have to. I'd like us to volunteer on that Saturday morning, 8 to noon, for Habitat for Humanity like to go help. They're building a house. And that's something very dear to our hearts. It always has been. And it, it's a blessing what they do. And the program is they help folks build a home. And the people that are going to live in the house help them build it. And then they set them up with a really fair loan plan to pay off the house, really affordable payments. And they're working for their house and they're buying their own house. And it's awesome. It's such a blessing. So if you're interested, please let me know if you want to help us. I wouldn't usually do it this way. I'd just tell you where to show up because it's near the Nazarene Church. But I'd just tell you all to show up. But they're needing a head count so they know how to put us to work on that Saturday. So if you're interested, it's just going to be 8 to noon. It's going to be hot that day. It's going to be hot. But it's going to be all right. So just um, most likely it's going to be hot. So get with me or Barry if you're interested. You know what? Let's not, let's not do Barry. Let's do my brother Jonathan. Me or Jonathan. And that is going to be our June the 2nd serve day, moving beyond ourselves. We're going to go serve at Habitat for Humanity. All right? So today's message, moving on, I think it's so important because people get stuck in the past. And it's easy to be worried about what someone did to you or what happened to you in the past and then just live back there. So my first point tonight in moving on is stop looking back. Now, I think different personalities, different people, we all have different weaknesses. Let's do a survey. This is a small Bible study tonight, right? So how many of you have had an issue with looking back? Raise your hand. I'm going to raise my hand. I have. I have. Some of you are like, no, it's done. Bless the Lord. And that's awesome. <laughs> like most, just about everybody in the room is like, ah. Oh. Now, whether it's for regrets or I coulda, shoulda, woulda, or just living in the past. Like, oh, what Scripture talks about this. People that say the good old days. <laughs> oh, I remember a lady. Her name was Pauline. She was so sweet. Years ago, older lady. And she was a junk collector. She used to go to this church a long time ago, probably 30 years ago. And she used to say, yeah, Matt, them was the good old days. And she said that all the time about her antique collection. Those were the good old days. Well, Scripture talks about not talking about former times as the good old days. Why? Well, 
I think God wants us to move on. It talks in the New Testament about setting your hands to the plow. You know, if you're working a farm or working a field and you're, you're tearing up the soil or even if you're rototilling, you don't want to turn and look back, do you? Why? Because your rows will be crooked. You could damage yourself. You could hurt something, somebody else. You, you don't want to do that. You want to look forward and keep your rows straight. If you're plowing a field, you want to look forward. You want to keep looking back. We want to make sure that we're worthy of God's kingdom. We look at now and the future. Now our past, well, that's for testimony. A testimony means you've been through a test and you passed. A testimony is your story. And your story is powerful. Let's just do some examples tonight. How many of you have struggled with sickness in your own body in the past? Raise your hand. That's part of your testimony. How many of you have been around someone who was struggling with a terminal illness? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? you got a testimony. This is about to narrow it down real quick. How many of you have been in the military? There's two of you. <laughs> and I knew which two it was going to be, too. That's testimony, man. You saw stuff. Y'all saw things. You're on military bases and in war and all these things. You saw stuff. That's part of your testimony. So tonight I want to encourage you, point one, stop looking back. I don't know if you remember this story in the book of Genesis, and if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. I'm not going to quote to you chapter and verse because I'm not certain of the, ch of the chapter. But judgment came to, to an area called Sodom and Gomorrah. And when judgment came, it was terrible. There was basically fire was rained down from heaven to destroy these cities because it came to God's attention how evil these folks were. It was the judgment of God. Well, God rescued Lot from the town, and Lot had a wife. Well, Scripture says that they were warned by the angels when they were escaping the city that was soon to be judged by fire and sulfur and brimstone. It was going to be just wiped out. There are some theories now that, that, that say that Sodom and Gomorrah is actually where the Dead Sea is now, the lowest place on earth. We don't know for sure, but we know it's in that area, okay? So the angels of the Lord, they came and they said, get out of here, get out of the city, we're not, we're not going to bring judgment until y'all are at a certain point, so go and don't look back. Well, the story says, and we know that it's true, there's even been some archaeologists that claim that they found this piece of history. Lot's wife turned around and looked back at the city. Scripture says she turned into a pillar of salt. I don't understand exactly why, but I know that they disobeyed the command from the Lord and his angels. They looked, she looked back. She became a pillar of salt. There were studies years ago, and someone claimed they had found her or a pillar of salt. Don't know how true that is. That is not in the word that that's been found. We just know it happened. She was busy looking back. She couldn't look where she was going. She was looking where she had come from. Now, you, you need to remember where you've come from so you can always thank God. I've heard Bee's testimony, and she's like, Matt, she told me years ago, Man, I've been to Africa, and I got to sing and worship, and I got to do mission trips. Did you go on two mission trips or one to Africa? You went on one. And, and I remember when B was telling me years ago, this is probably 10 years ago. I don't know how many years ago she told me this. It hasn't quite been 10 yet because we went that summer. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it has been about 10 years ago this summer. And B told me, Matt, I grew up on the avenues. I grew up over here poor, man, and here I am in Africa. 
I'll never forget that. I think she told me in Africa or after the fact. I don't remember, but we were talking about missions, and she's gotten to travel. Have you gone to Guatemala, too? You have. Huh? We went one year. There was a group of us twice to Guatemala. Maybe it was in Guatemala you told me that you were raised on the avenues. I, I think it was, because I was like, B, look at this. God has you going to minister his word and seeing in different places in the world. That's B's testimony. She ain't looking back, worried about it, going, oh, man. Oh. No, but she's saying, I remember where God brought me from. That's powerful. Don't look back unless it's for your testimony. Don't look back and get lost in the past. Let's go to Philippians 3.13. Philippians 3.13. Look at this. I like this verse. This, I think I use this verse a couple times a year at least. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Thank you, sir. But I focus on this one thing. This is the Apostle Paul. Forgetting the past. Wow. Forgetting the past. Anything that's held me back. Anything that's messed with me, hurts and bitterness and wounds and bad things that people did to me, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Look at the next verse. I press on, he said, the Apostle Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's amazing. He says, forgetting the past, moving on, I press on toward the, the prize i got to finish the race. I've got to finish this race. This will help you to move on, too. So number one, stop looking back. Number two, have a plan. How many of you are planners? Raise your hand. Well, there's a few. How many of you are not planners? Raise your hand. Okay. Really? I was wrong, Ms. Debbie. I thought for sure Ms. Debbie's a planner. Have a plan to a point. You don't got to plan everything. You don't got to plan the, your clothes for the rest of the week or the rest of the month. But have a plan, right? Have a plan. Plan, I believe, deals with vision and ties in closely to vision. So let's go to Habakkuk 2.2. Check this out. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer. One translation says, write the vision plainly on tablets. So that a runner can carry what? The correct message to others. One translation says, write the vision down plainly upon tablets so that he may run who reads it. Vision causes you to be able to run in the race in this life. Why? You say, that's a destination for me. I can see that happening. I don't know how to get there yet, but that's my vision. That's where I'm going. Now I need to set up goals to get to that vision and accomplish that. So have a plan or vision. I'm speaking to myself tonight because I'm not, there's, I have strengths. I'm a good manager in some ways. I'm a good leader in some ways. But I'm not naturally a visionary like my dad. My dad is a visionary. There's times that dad sees something and I'm like, wow. He's telling me stuff. There's been times it was the hardest of times and dad's talking faith going, no, I can see us doing that. And I'm like, wow. He's such a visionary. He's looking toward the future all the time and planning that way. Why do we do this? So we don't get stuck where we are. You've heard me say this many times. But nobody just stays exactly the same. Nobody. You either get better or you get worse. You don't just stay the same. I don't know why we're that way. But we as humans, we don't. Things have a tendency actually to go to disorder if we don't maintain them. They don't stay They don't just stay the same. They either get worse or better. If you're working on stuff, they get worse. If you leave stuff alone... I'm sorry, if you're working on stuff, it gets better. If you leave stuff to itself, it gets worse. 
Y'all got kids at the house. Can you imagine y'all just said, we're not going to clean the house for the next six weeks? You wouldn't, you probably wouldn't recognize it. I came from a home of three kids and man, we were soldiers in many ways, but there was some messiness. I, I'm not going to say who, but some of the kids would hide dirty clothes behind the bed and stuff. Not me. But I mean, you know, not to throw them under the bus. I had my own problems. I had my own problems. I didn't like to shower. So, okay, that hit me later when I discovered that, that uh, young ladies liked men who smelled good. So I don't know if it was seventh grade or eighth grade. I, took, I was a late bloomer in many ways. <laughs> I was a little bitty guy, just probably stinky in seventh grade. But you just leave stuff alone. It doesn't get better. People say, man, well, I have a problem. I have an addiction. I'm just going to ignore it. Or I have an issue here with unforgiveness. I'm going to ignore it. Well, that's going to get worse and worse. It's going to fester unless you deal with it. You deal with it and let God deal with it and work on you, then things get better. But if you leave stuff alone, it gets worse. So we got to have a plan and a vision or we get stuck right where we are. Hang with me. That's point two tonight. Have a plan. Now, number three, I love this. I love this, and I'm going to be hitting on this again on Sunday. And this is such a good way to get over ourselves, to move on from our past and grow up spiritually and, and, and be unselfish like our moms and, and just learn to, learn to stop focusing on ourselves. And that is do the five. Does anybody remember what the five things are that we do as a ministry? Basic stuff. You can find it in the Word. Read your Bible. Give. Pray. Yes. Pray. Give. Yeah. Fast. And share your faith. I don't know that we have the five back there. Does, did Vali put that in there? If not, don't even worry about it. Because I didn't bring it up to her. But pray. Read the Word. Give. Fast. And share your faith. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's something special about fasting. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I think... Most people in here have done it, especially when it's a spiritual fast and you say, I'm going to just do water or I'm going to do just juice or whatever, but you're abstaining from food. God begins to speak to you because it's not all about you, because food usually is all about us, isn't it? I don't know how many foodies we have in here, but we all eat food or we wouldn't be alive. Okay. My wife was telling me something funny the other day. She said, man, you're so interesting. She said, we go through tough times and she's like. You get leaner, and she said other people around you gain weight when they're stressed out. She said, you're stressed out, you just get slimmer. <laughs> it's true because I'm like, I usually have a healthy appetite, but if I'm going through something, I'm like, man, I'm not hungry. And she's like, you got to eat. You're burning calories. You got to eat. So when you fast, you're taking the focus off yourself. You're not thinking about your next meal. You're thinking about seeking God, and fasting has changed my life. So if you've not fasted and you have questions about it, Hit me up sometime soon. Let's talk about it. I need to preach about it and teach about it again soon, but fasting changes lives. Giving helps you overcome greed. Giving causes you to focus on the needs of others. You move beyond yourself. You move on from your past when you're able to give. I know giving has changed our lives. Giving has changed y'all's lives, too. Those of you that like to give, you give tithes and offerings, you give into people's lives. It's life-changing. Life-changing. Reading the Word. The basics of the Word are this. It tells us how to act, how to live. God's word does not ever teach us to be selfish. It teaches us to put him first, love him, and love others. That's God's word. Love him 
and love others, really. That's, that's really what it teaches us. And then when you pray and pray the right way, it takes the focus on you, off you. Some people just pray about themselves, but you get to a place where you're like, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to make it about God. I'm going to praise Him. I have issues. I've prayed for myself, but I'm going to just worship God now. I'm going to thank Him. I'm going to praise Him. That's true prayer, man. You're putting God first. Putting God first. And also sharing your faith. That takes the focus off you, doesn't it? Easy way to share your faith. I carry around, and you can get them from Vali, um, Valeria. You can, she can give them to you. We'll give them to you free, and you can just pass them out. We have two-sided cards at this church, and they have the service times. Kingsgate Church and Centro Victoria. I just got me a whole stack of them again today. And what's amazing about those is it takes, it takes my eyes off my situation when I'm saying, hey, come on to church. And I've told people, man, if, if they ask, they're like, well, who's the pastor? I'm like, well, actually, I am. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I don't, I don't always just announce that unless someone's like, what do you do for a living? I, told, I was at a chess match, chess. I was playing chess in the mountains in Colorado. We're in a little town. And the, chess, the city chess club was meet, meeting. This was years ago. And my wife says, look, I'm going to go to that bistro, and I'm going to drink coffee, and you can play chess. I love playing chess. I am, for those that don't know me, I'm a big nerd. Okay. Don't let the cool hair fool you. I am a big nerd. I like Lord of the Rings. I like Star Wars. Um, I like chess. I like superheroes. I'm, you know, I'm not just like all sold on that stuff and obsessing, but I'm a nerd. I am. I'm a nerd. So we, I was playing chess, and a guy goes, so what do you do for a living? And at the time, I was an associate pastor here. And I said it. <laughs> And he didn't quite hear me right. I said, I'm an associate pastor at my church. And he goes, excuse me? And I told him, he goes, oh, I thought you said I'm a sociopath. (laughs) I thought, wow, what an announcement, right? Nice to meet you. I'm a psycho. What do you do for a living? I'm just an absolute lunatic. You know, I'm just an absolute psycho. Wow. He says, oh, man, you got to be careful how you pronounce that. I I thought you said you were a sociopath. (laughs) I said, thanks. I think that's pretty funny. But I'm going to tell you this right now. When you pray, that's a pretty good one, huh? When you pray and read the word and give and fast and share your faith, it takes the focus off of you. You can move on. So do the five. Do the five things. More about sharing your faith. I love to, I love to help folks and bless them if they're asking for money, if I feel led. I don't ever just have a bunch of money on me, but I keep changing the car. But when I have them, I like to... Give those cards out. Have I seen any of those folks here? Not usually. Not usually. But I love to just hand out cards. I go to the store and people start talking, saying, hey, where do you work? I saw you. One lady told me one day, it's been a few weeks ago, she said, I saw you on Facebook. I said, really? What was I doing? She said, you were promoting some sermon series. It was a video. I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, I saw you. And I said, oh, by the way. And I pulled out a church card. I said, here you go, Michelle. There, you know where we're located at? And, and I, so I just started handing cards out, and I love that. I love people, and I love inviting them to church, and I just, I love loving people. So some of you that are like, well, I'm more of an introvert. That's hard for me. Then go like this. This is not the church card. This is a discount card from Mana Outreach. I wonder if it's expired. I use it to get indoors sometimes. That's why it's all strange. But anyway, you can do this if you're an introvert. You don't even have to say anything. You can be talking about something else and just go like this. Just hand them that. Let them read it if you don't want to. And if they're like, it's in Spanish, just go, oh, just turn it over. 
Because there's Kingsgate on one side, Centro Victoria on the other. Did you know inviting someone to church is sharing your faith? You're sharing your worship experience. You're sharing your faith experience. And this is part of your faith experience, coming to church. And I believe in relationships. I don't, I don't believe in, personally, around here, especially in America, that it would even work that way, for me to go just put up a big platform and start preaching to people, screaming and yelling outside. That may not work around here. It may work in Central America or other places. It may not work around here. I believe around here in America, especially, relationships work. So be a friend to somebody. Love them. Share your faith. And when you're becoming a friend to someone and really loving them for them, and you're able to share your faith, it takes the focus off you and you can move on once again. So praise God for that. So moving on tonight, under the overarching theme of moving beyond me, is point one, once again, is stop looking back. If you keep focusing on your past, I guarantee it you're going to have problems with selfishness because you're focusing on you and what happened to you only. Number two, have a plan. Have a plan, some kind of vision for the future. Where do you want to be in five years? What can you see yourself doing? You want to pay that off. You want to invest in this. You want to finish your degree. You want to do whatever. So have a plan or vision for your life. And number three, you want to move on, do the five and the five are pray, read the word, give, fast, and share your faith. With that in mind, I just want you to remember, I'm going to speak on Sunday, last message of this series, and the title of the, the message on Sunday is A Time to Mature. A time to mature and grow. We've got to grow beyond ourselves. We can't be stuck. You ever met somebody who's in their 30s or 40s and they're the same person you knew that you went to school with? I've met people like that. And I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm like, are you kidding, right? I'm waiting for the punchline. Like, you're still the same dude. It's all about you. And you're bragging and lying and lusting. And I'm like, golly, you haven't changed a bit, man. I feel like, man, I feel like I didn't have a choice. I... It's like I took a vow of some kind, right? Got my head shaved and, and said, I'm going to change my life and seek God, man, with his help. I don't know. I've always felt like in my mind that if you wanted to prosper and do well, you didn't have any choice but to change and grow. Otherwise, you're going to be struggling with unforgiveness, struggling with hatefulness, struggling with all about you. Man, and I hate that. I'm a pastor, so I hear lots of people's problems and that's great that's just part of the deal I love people I'm in this to obey God and fulfill my calling in life and just be in obedience to him and I I'm an okay pastor but I love people people is my people are my life they really are people that just my life is is, is about serving and being around people but I've dealt with people it's interesting that even when they ask me about myself and I don't care to tell them if they don't care to know they won't even know what's going on with me. But I've had people go, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, fine. And they're like, oh, good. And they're on to their thing like they didn't care. And that's fine. That's fine. But there's been some people that have known me for years, and they know nothing about me still. And I know all about them. That's okay. I don't have a big problem with that. But just to me, that just seems strange. Is that strange to you? not getting to know people around you. And you may just get to know their name and treat them kindly but, and care about them. Because there's, there's those that I know their names at stores, and I don't know their whole life. But I know their name at least. I know where they work, and I know I'm like, how's the produce department or whatever, and I'm able to talk to them. We don't ever want to get stuck where we are. We want to be able to mature and move on and move beyond ourselves and move beyond our past and grow 
past old habits and old weaknesses. So with that in mind, would you bow your heads and close your eyes tonight? I'm about to get ready to head out. Is there anybody tonight that says, I need to get right with God? I, I just want to be right with God tonight. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. There's no shame. There's no fear. No harsh judgment. You want to get right with the Lord. Just raise your hand tonight. I'm going to pray with you. All right. Everybody's right with the Lord. So just pray where you are for a minute. Just ask God to work on your life, work on your heart, help you to move on, not be stuck in the past, and to move on and put your focus on not just yourself, but on others as well, on God and others. That is the call of our lives. Put your focus on God and others. That's what you want to do. Love God.